0: Justin Hahnemann. Thanks, Christine. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas today, guys, who are in the entrepreneurship space. And you're going to love my guest because she's truly an expert in this whole world of retail, consumer products, consumer services, like everything around that. She's even worked in it before from a startup perspective, and then now is helping others, like, you know, looking at how they can grow their businesses. On the podcast today, Diana Malencio of XRC Labs. Diana, it's so great to have you on the podcast.
1: Um, Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here.
0: (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited that we get to have you on our podcast. Um, And I I know you work with some incredible companies and brands and you have an incredible perspective on the market. And we're going to go into all that today. Before we do that, though, um, share with our audience a little bit of your background. You've got some amazing entrepreneurship background and experience. Share some of that before we get to XRC.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I really began my career in traditional finance. So working at some pretty large funds in San Francisco and New York. Um, and then in uh, 2013, I got the entrepreneurship bug and I founded two companies. The first was Okie okay My Outfit, which was a mobile app that connected people directly with personal stylists. It's
0: very cool, by the way. I thought that was pretty neat uh, thank when you. I was researching you. <laughs> I thought that was cool.
1: Yeah, and then the second company, Quinn, um, we provided a last mile logistics platform for multi-brand retailers like Neiman Marcus, Sachs, Lord & Taylor, who are partners of ours, to deliver clothing and accessories directly to people's homes and offices.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Um,
1: yeah. And then, you know, ran that for a few years and started getting to the point where I really wanted to be back on the investing side. So I told my investors, which included XRC, um, that I wanted to make the switch back into investing. And I ran a family office called Wise Ventures for a few years. And then as XRC was launching a brand new fund, they tapped me on the shoulder to ask if I would join the team, and um, I've been with XRC since early this year, and wow. i have been really enjoying it. That's
0: awesome. Uh, and so, how do you? To, and you think back over your career thus far do you do you prefer the equity and research side, like the, the, the investment side, versus on the customer side, or like you're running your own business? What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I I love to build things. Um, XRC is you know was founded in 2015, so in its own way, it's it's also a startup. We're growing our team. We're growing the number of funds that we have raised. We're growing the number of investments. Uh, so in that way, it's also a startup. But if I were to choose between you know, building a company and building a fund. I suppose I would choose the fund <laughs> side, which is why I'm here. <laughs> That's cool. Um, you know, it's you get your hands into different things. Um, you learn about a new company, a new founder, a new industry every single day. I think for me, you know, I found my life's work.
0: That's so cool. I love that. Um, and so, yeah, you've you've done given us a nice segue over to XRC. So, talk about um, what XRC Labs does, uh, the structure, the setup, how you guys look at businesses, etc. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, I was introduced to XRC in 2015. Um, my last company, Quinn, was a cohort one company, and so I've seen it grow from. You know the early days in cohort one to where we are today, which is, you know, selecting companies for our twelfth cohort. So since twenty fifteen, we've also launched an opportunity fund where we invest in um, companies within the same verticals: retail, consumer, consumer health, but at a later stage. So post C to Series A, and then we've also um, are launching a, a new fund later this year, um, which you know, we'll um, be releasing more information on um, called a brand capital fund where we partner with fortune 500 brands to work, work, um, and select early stage companies where we co-invest and, you know, hopefully that corporate partner will acquire, um, within a few years time.
0: Got it. Really fascinating. Um, you, you see a lot of brands come through the door. And you, so you focus on later stage businesses versus early stage. How do you define that um, when you, as you're doing evaluations?
1: Yeah. So within the accelerator, early stage, as in the very first check, um, or you know, certainly like the first institutional check. So we make bets very early on. We're known for investing in trends that you might not see um, maybe until like three or five years later play out. We were the first investors in um, live streaming. Um, we were the first investors um, in you know, 3D printing. So I think that just showcases how far ahead we look when we think about investing within the accelerator and then within the Opportunity Fund, you know, these are companies that have already seen some form of traction and are really investing capital to scale.
0: Got it. Wow. Um, a lot of our listeners are in the consumer products and consumer services space, as well as retail and food service, which is um, uh, tangential industries. So what would you say is hot now? Like, As you look back over the last 12 months, I know we dip into COVID and whatnot, but then looking forward, what would you say are some of the, the biggest trends you guys are watching now?
1: Yeah, well, XRC is invested in some um, amazing direct to consumer brands. Perhaps um, Billy might be the, the women's razor company, is maybe the best known. And I think direct to consumer is something that we're going to, is an area that we're going to continue to pursue. But within that area, such as alternative proteins, um, good for you food. So instead of taking, ingesting a vitamin, you might be, you know, biting into a cookie that provides you with, calcium and other um, vitamins and nutrients. Um, Also, another interesting area is menopause and silver tech um, are all areas that we are actively looking at.
0: Oh, very cool. And we got to get Billy on here. Amanda's on. She's our PR person here with XRC. And she's actually helped us get a number of guests on. Um, We got to get Billy on. That would be a good one, by the way. Um, (laughs) So how do companies find you or how do you find them?
1: Um, we find them in different ways. So we're actually another area that I forgot to mention is we're spending a lot of time um, searching for BIPOC beauty brands.
0: Interesting. Um, And
1: one of the ways that you look at the emerging beauty brands is finding them on TikTok and Instagram. (laughs) On the other hand, I think we've done a really great job building a reputation for investing in early stage direct to consumer. Not a lot of venture funds do most the vast majority of them in, um you know invest in enterprise software solutions and so we do get a lot of inbound thanks to the years of reputation building that we've done but we also um you know sort of hunt for our deals so're you know we're hunting for bipoc beauty i really want to find um you know our first alternative protein um, or sustainable food investment that we're going to make. So I'm actively looking at conferences and newsletters, trade publications, and then reaching out cold to founders on LinkedIn.
0: That's great. I love that. So you have a chance to see a lot of businesses come through your door and others you're you, you're pursuing. How do you What were some of the characteristics of the ones that impress you, the ones that are doing it right? I'll say, what are some of those characteristics? And then on the flip side, what are some things that are yellow or red flags when you meet and get to know a, a new p- prospect?
1: Yes. Yeah, so you know when it comes to early stage investing i think all venture capitalists will say the same thing which is it's it's about the founder first do they have the domain expertise do they have um operational experience in that area so for example when it comes to um i'm trying to think um maybe uh an emerging beverage company maybe they'd spend a lot of time working in product development at pepsico Sure. And saw, you know, saw a white space. And then in terms of, you know, yellow or red (laughs) flags, um, it's really people that haven't done their homework. Um, They sort of um, brought a product out to market without really taking the time to talk to consumers and their customers first. And they only realize that it's not working after launch.
0: Got it, but that's not good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And unfortunately, yes, it I've, happens. I've actually, I've actually made that, that same mistake, um, which is why... Oh my gosh. You know, it's something that I dig in on my, my very first company. I built the platform first before I really took the time to talk to as many customers as I could so that I'm actually building a solution that serves their needs.
0: Sure. I love that. Um, I mean, and in direct-to-consumer world, I mean, it, it's so easy now because the platforms have become so simple and non-techie, I'll call it, to get up and running. Mm -hmm, at least mm -hmm. early stage. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about early, early stage, right? I have an idea. I'm maybe bottling it myself. I'm bagging it myself. Got a co packer or something, right? I mean, so, and and that's where you guys are are getting involved or further down the process?
1: That's where we're getting involved. Um, I mean, we have invested in pre-product companies where the founder has a lot of domain expertise. Sure. I think where it's a new vertical or... Um, sort of product for the founder will probably warrant a bit more traction. Got it. So it really depends. But we do get in, oftentimes, as the first institutional check to that company.
0: Got it. Okay. And that's very helpful. Um, How... What's the coaching you give to brands that you're looking at around fundraising? Um, you know, and we've had so many uh, great brands come on to our podcast. Some are bootstrapping it themselves. Some have done Kickstarter. Some have gone out to friends and family. Some are going after an institutional right up front. Like, what does that look like from a landscape perspective?
1: Yes, yeah, so well, I'll go into the pros of self-funding or using friends and family, um, friends and family money first, which Perfect. is that you'll have full control. So as soon as you um, raise institutional funding, you have investors to, to, um, to report to in a way, even when you're just starting your sort of like fundraising process, I take notes on all of my calls, for example. So Justin's drink brand spoke to me in August right now, they've got 10,000 monthly, say um, $10,000 in revenue this month. And then I'll check back in December. Where are they from the last time that we spoke? But really, if you think about direct-to-consumer venture-backed companies, usually the sweet spot for being able to successfully raise a priced seed round is usually when you're making anywhere from ten to fifty thousand in monthly recurring revenue, and you're growing that at say a ten to twenty percent clip month over month. Got it. And that's really when you can find a lead investor and raise, you know, say a $2 million seed round.
0: Wow. Um, and then t- talk about how, what's your strategy for exit? And I'm, I know you're probably thinking, well, it depends on each company, but is there a going in strategy in terms of growth and exit with most of the brands you work with?
1: I mean, generally speaking, we've, you know, are they attacking a white space? Is that area growing? our corporates who many of which are our partners or mentors or advisors to our startups within, um, our ecosystem, our corporates looking for that kind of solution. So is Pepsi looking for the next right. prebiotic acquisition totally.
0: or cannabis beverage. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, or are they steering away from that? And so right. regulations have cleared up a little bit more. So it, it, We think about it more from, um, you know, addressable market perspective um, rather than identifying, you know, who the potential acquires might be when we get involved.
0: Got it. And for those that might be listening that um, are thinking about like the right time to engage with you, what when is that time? Is there a right time or is it start building relationship early? What does that look like?
1: Um, That's a great question the answer is it depends um do i mean i guess the first question would be you know do you know that you are building a product that's addressing a billion dollar plus market do you want a venture-backed company um one where the growth expectations are certainly faster than it would be if you self-funded it you're working part-time you know on in addition to your full-time job so first are, are you are you ready for us to get involved? Um, if you were just starting out with an idea, there hasn't been any proof points, even um, when it comes to you know talking to customers to see if there's a market for your product. Sure. Um, I would say you want to flush that out a little bit more before you reach out.
0: Got it. Love that. Um, you know, you you mentioned a couple of the areas and categories that you're really focused on. I'm curious, um, like what would be some of the unique things that you're seeing that are evolving? I don't want to say trends, but it could be products that are new and different, disruptors, um, some things that you're not even sure about yet. But some, you know, you you see a lot. Um, I'm curious to see or hear what some of your thoughts are on that.
1: Yes, I mean, you know, sustainability. Um, is huge, and it's only hopefully going to gain more importance. I believe that it will, and signs and trends shows that it does. So we're seeing everything from sustainable plant-based hair extensions um, to lab-grown cow leather. um,
0: (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah i i lab-grown caviar actually uh three printed lab-grown caviar wow so um you know sustainable honey um that is not derived from bees so those are things that um we're seeing which i which i think if it's truly sustainable um is going in the right direction
0: really, really cool yeah sustainability I, number one priority of most of the big brands i work with in my day job um and most of those big brands has got sustainability targets and goals and strategies and whatnot um and then what i'm seeing in a, a lot of the brands that have come on our show they're, they're built around a sustainability strategy or they're a product targeting a segment that links to some sustainable angle um I'd love to ask our, our guests for pieces of advice. And you've offered already a lot of perspectives on that for those who are launching, growing um, a, a brand. As as a founder or someone that... Well, let's see, we'll, we'll do this two ways. As someone that has a new idea, how what are two or three things you would recommend for them to explore first and then get started? Let's start with that one.
1: So the first thing is just talk to as many customers as possible. Um, and ideally, it's not people that you that is family or or friends, oftentimes those opinions can be tinted. Um so if you're launching a brand new coffee coffee, for example, maybe go to Starbucks um and talk to the people in line that you know on a on a rush hour morning, assuming that the line doesn't go that fast and you're not bothering people. um, You know, what do you think if I launched a this kind of coffee? Um, So I think firstly is is validating that your your product is actually something that people, people want to want.
0: buy. <laughs> right. Or will pay for.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. Will pay for is very key. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love it. Okay, so now let's take the category of a couple years in, thinking about going out for investment dollars. Um, what are 2 or 3 pieces of advice you'd offer for those like that are preparing for that conversation with someone like you?
1: Yes. Um, first is... Uh, Practicing your pitch, so being able to convey your startup idea, your vision in a very succinct way. I think when you're building a company, you're so close to it, you want to explain every single nuance, every single feature. Um, you know why your product will succeed over others. But what we really want to hear is, what does your company do? And it's and it should be just enough um, to gain interest um, for for a subsequent conversation. Um, I think another piece of advice is, I mean, just really preparing, preparing for all the questions that, um, investors might ask, you know, why did you start the company? How big is this market? What does the competitive landscape look like? How are you going to win? Or is it a market where there are the, where there can be multiple winners and this is how you're differentiating a from apart from all the others. So it's really having um, a, a tight story around what your vision is and what you're building.
0: Got it. Love that. I mean... Super helpful. Um, love that you've been on both sides. You know what I mean? From an entrepreneur and also an investor perspective. I really appreciate the partnership um, with you guys and and with some of your brands here on our podcast. Um, and lots to learn from you. I hope you'll I hope we can have you back on and even maybe even with one of your yeah, customers at great. one point. I think that could be really, really cool. Um, share with our audience where to connect with you, find XRC, et cetera.
1: Yes. So you can find us on our website, xrclabs.com. Um, There is a form where you can apply and pitch your company. That application goes directly to the investment team. We look at every single deal that gets sent through our website. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Love it. Diana.Malencio on Twitter, I believe.
0: Perfect. I love it. Diana, it's been so great meeting you, having you on, looking forward to having you back on, staying in touch, working with other of your your, uh, clients. And uh, thank you so much for your time today. It's been awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. I, I, I love being here.
0: The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands.